one of us because none of us would be here if it wasn't for him. And it's my pleasure to bring him up today. And this is Mr. Hector Del Toro. Do I have you on the line? Come on, can you guys see me? Can you guys hear me? Some of you guys were on, maybe you had your new team on, um, but here we are. Here we are. It's always great when you guys spotlight me. Uh, I like seeing everyone. I don't like seeing myself. Anybody like that? Like, like I don't like seeing myself. I want to see everyone else. All right, guys. So first of all, congratulations. Look, the last time I did a class like this, it was for everyone. Uh, yes, Bea. It, it was for everyone. Recording and, in progress. And at that time, I thought, okay, good. Let's be just bring it out and show everyone. And then I had a lot of people message me and say, thank you, I didn't know that, I learned this, I learned that. This time around, I didn't want it to be everyone because I'm looking to see who's interested in learning. When you, when you open it up and it becomes too easy, then guess what? You know, people take it serious and people don't. I want to make it elite because now I want to know, okay, I see your face and I say, hey, have your cameras on because I want to see you because I want to see who's interested in, in bettering their credit Who's interested in learning how to get some good deals? I'm gonna share with you guys some deals that I've done in the past. You're gonna be blown away. And then who's interested in being able to travel? Anybody wanna travel for free? Yes. So we have, here, here's the thing about me. I've been traveling for free for seven years because the companies pay for it. But I'm gonna show you guys a different way to uh, be able to travel for free that is not the company, but for yourself. Some of you guys are going nine day run. You, have, you may have a goal. Some of you guys are going to be hitting marketing director pretty soon. Some of you guys may be hitting SMD. Some of you guys will be doing something else. So what does that mean? What if you set up a goal at the end of the run and say, if I do this, I'm going to reward myself with this. What, what if you put that reward at the end? Where, what if I take a trip somewhere at the end because I plan, I planned ahead, I hit my goal and I did this trip. So, so I'm going to cover with you guys so you guys can do that. So for you guys to say, okay, well, I have something to look forward to a lot of times. When it comes to going to run, you, you have the intention, but sometimes the, the motivation is not there. But what if you set up a carrot for yourself? What if you set up a carrot and that carrot is, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do whatever the, that carrot is for you, but this is gonna help you with it. Carrots are so let me, let me show with you guys how I started with my whole credit uh, journey. I didn't care about credit. I, I didn't care about credit. I was a person that I didn't, in, in my mind, anybody grow up like, with your parents that are like, don't borrow money, you pay cash, and and you're just like, no, don't, that bad credit is bad. Hell no. Anybody grew up like that? So that was how I grew up, right? So everything I ever bought was cash. Everything I ever bought was cash. So in my mind, I was like, no, I cash is king. I got, you know, I'm good, da, 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 I don't need credit. I don't want to borrow, borrowing money is bad. That's how I grew up. So when it came to credit cards, I didn't apply for a credit card until my later years. I didn't care for one. I never used one. I just carry cash everywhere and I pay everything for everything cash. But then when real estate, uh, the real estate crash happened in 2008, 2009, at that point I had planned because I saw what happened with real estate. I saw the houses and in my mind I was like, man, I want to be able to buy a house. So then I got interested in, in building my credit because I knew one thing, when you're buying a house, you want to have some sort of credit. It's important. Now at that time, anybody could buy a house. Really credit wasn't that big of a deal. But they became very strict. There was a period of time where they became very strict and now they've become less strict. But so that's when I was interested in learning about credit. And then from there, it's been a journey. Credit is lifelong. A lot of times it's like, oh, I got good credit, but then it went bad. Okay, no problem. You can go back to fixing it because it's not over until we're no longer here. So, so I'm gonna cover with you guys how to build it, how to start it. Some of you guys don't have credit, how to start it. 
Some of you guys are like, man, I've got a bad credit now because of this. I'm gonna cover with some tips on how to be able to come back on track and be able to fix it. So I'm gonna go with it. But the first part when it comes to credit is learning that it's lifelong. It's not a one month thing, it's, I'm excited for one month. It's a decision, a decision long-term of I wanna have good credit because it's gonna allow me to be able to uh, use it for opportunities. It's gonna open opportunities. It's gonna help you save a lot of money. And I'm gonna show you some numbers. So as, in a, as, as long as you know, as long term, it's opportunities. You must know for yourself, like, okay, I'm committed. It's a commitment. That's what it is. But it's a lot of rewards. So that's the part where like, you gotta see into it. So for you, maybe, man, I don't know where to start. Maybe it takes you three to five years. The five years will pass by either way. Might as well in five years from now have excellent credit and have access to what I'm about to show you that I have access to. There's so much. I don't even know how to go about so much because there's so much that happens here. So let's learn some basics, okay? Basics about credit. Some of you guys that are like, well, I don't even know where to start. Okay, we're gonna learn basics. And at this point, guys, I see your questions in the comments. So the moment you guys have questions, put it on there. I, when, I, when I do a class like this, I don't want you to feel like, oh, I can't ask questions or I'm scared or, or what if I feel dumb? Like, you know when you're in school, like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna look dumb. I don't wanna ask a question. This is not the time for you to have an ego and say, I don't wanna look dumb. Ask the questions. If I feel like it's not a good question, I'll skip it. So I won't even say, hey, that was a bad question. <laughs> I'll skip the question. But most of the time, whatever question you have, guess what? Somebody else has that question. Yeah. But sometimes people are waiting for somebody else to ask the question when I have the question. So I'm gonna cover the first part. At the end, we're gonna take a few minutes to answer your questions. Then I got a special surprise for you guys. I got a special what? guest. So this guest is gonna show you some things he applied himself. What? They're gonna say, wow, no way, yes. You guys, he's gonna show you some stuff. So you guys will see how he's been able to use what he's learned with us. So here we go. How to build your credit. Short video. This is the fastest way for you to understand the basics of it. Building a good credit can have very good benefits from lower interest rates when making a large purchase to landing that job you applied for. But for many people, it can be a little hard to build credit when they don't have a credit history. This is especially true for younger people who've never had credit and are considered to be high-risk borrowers. So here are a few ways to start building credit from scratch. Number one, credit cards. The most common tool to start building credit is by using credit cards. Now, there are four ways to use credit cards when we are new to credit. Number one, to become an authorized user. If you are younger, under the age of 18, or have younger children and want to give them a jump start on credit, you might be able to do this for them. As a young person who can't apply for your own credit card, you can be an authorized user of another person's credit card, like your parents' credit card. This can be a good option for parents of younger children who want to teach their kids good habits of credit use and have something to rely on in case of emergencies. Now, of course, this is important to note that this will make the main holder of the card responsible for all the actions the authorized user takes on the card. So if your son Timmy uses your credit line to buy a brand new game console, you will be on the hook to pay for it. Also, some credit cards come with annual fees for authorized users, so it is important to assess whether this option is the right for you. 2. Having a co-signer here is when your parents or someone with good credit helps you apply for a credit card, if you're at least 18 years old. This makes it easier to get approved for a credit card since you have someone else with a good credit history to basically vouch for you. Here, unlike becoming an authorized user, both you and the co-signer will be on the hook to repaying the loan. 
If the main cardholder can't repay the card back, the cosigner will be responsible to pay the balance. This goes without saying, but as the cardholder, it's especially important to focus on developing good credit habits because if used irresponsibly, credit cards can not only hurt your credit, but your cosigner's credit as well. And as a cosigner, it is important to assess the risk you will be taking before cosigning anyone. 3. Apply for a secured credit card. These types of credit cards are typically for those who don't have credit yet. If you're over 18, you can apply for a credit card where you put down a certain amount of money as collateral in case you default on your payments. Since you don't have a credit history, the banks don't like taking much risk, which is one of the reasons they ask you for money upfront. Here, you have to prove that you make enough money to be able to repay your credit card balance. 4. Applying for a card on your own If you're over 18 and have a good income, you will be able to apply for a regular credit card on your own. Here, you will have to prove that you make enough money on your own to be able to repay for what you spend with your credit cards. Now, there are a few other ways one can build credit without using a credit card. Like, if you are a college student who has student loans, you can actually boost your credit by making your loan payments on time. Keep in mind that late payments can also negatively impact your score. So it's always recommended to have an automatic payment system in place to avoid late payments. Car loans can also be a way to build credit if you make your payments on time. Of course, it doesn't make sense to buy a car just to build credit. It's always recommended to buy what you can afford. And buying a car in a one-time payment won't give you credit, but it'll save you money on interest. Now, this is not the most recommended way to build credit, but it is an option. Homeowners can build their credit by making on-time payments on their mortgage. In some cases, if you're renting, you might be able to build credit by making on-time payments on your rent. That is, if your landlord reports your payment history to the credit bureaus. You might also be able to ask your utilities provider to send your payment history to these reporting agencies and can help you with your credit. Building a good credit can be very useful since even some employers check your credit score to assess your responsibility level. But it is important to manage credit well because mismanaging credits can be very financially dangerous. So to help with that, make sure to check out this video on tips to build a good credit score. And if you're not part of the... All right, guys, so the first one... Building a good credit... The first one that we just covered... Which one was the first one? Credit cards. Credit cards. Credit cards. Credit cards. Authorized user. Authorized Credit user. Okay. Authorized, Authorized user. So let me take a second on that one because that's important. Some of you guys, you, maybe you're older and you may have great credit. You know you can start your kids having building their credit. Uh, some credit cards is 14, some is 15, some is 16. It depends on the credit card, but you want to check on it. So if you have younger kids, what better way by the time they're 18, they already have a 700 FICO score because you built their credit for a couple years. So that's one way of being able to do it. The only thing that when it comes to authorized users is if you are late, they are late. If you owe a lot of money, they owe a lot of money. So credit, it's great when you can use it. The problem with credit is if you fall and then you, you can't come back to it or you leave a balance and it's too high, that is gonna hurt your credit, and I hurt their credit. So now some of you guys, maybe your, your parents have great credit. Okay, if they have great credit, mom, what's your credit score? I don't know, why? Just curious, 700, 800. Hey mom, dad, can you add me as an authorized user? Guys, it's a simple question. Your parents may not even know they can help you, but now you understand, hey, you got a head start. So let me tell you what happens when you're an authorized user. 
I have a credit card. I was sharing this with the net. I have a credit card. Um, this is a Amex Gold card. So Amex Gold card. If you guys can see this name, can't see the name. There it is. There it is. You guys can read the name? Yes, Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Who's Giancarlo? That's my nephew. That's Erica's um, son. So Giancarlo, my credit card, Amex Gold Card. If you know about credit cards, Amex is a high tier of gold cards. My goal was always to have a black card. So that's always been my, back in my days, every, every music video had a black card. So it's called Centurion Card. That's what it is. So this gold card, I've had it for many years. The moment I add him as an authorized user, his credit shows that he's had it for the same amount of time that I've had it. Wow. So it goes all the way back. And every every payment that I've made on time, it literally got transferred to him automatically. The, the balance on this card, what I can borrow from it, I think it's $35,000. Giancarlo's 19 years old. He already has access to $35,000 on his credit. So when he wants to apply for something else after a little bit of time, guess what's going to show on his credit? He has access to $35,000. So what are the credit cards going to do? Damn, this guy is young, but he has access to a lot of money. He's been able to maintain it and he's paid on time for so many years. Sure. Here's another credit card. He just started his, his young life ahead. So for some of you guys, it's like, hey, what can I do for my kids? What can I do for my nephew? What can I do for my family? This is a good way for you to start so cool. start building for them. So authorized user is the fastest way. Back when I was a real estate loan officer, people were paying money. Now, I don't know if it's illegal now, but back then that was happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even know if it's happening now. Maybe some of our real estate people can let us know. Yeah, uh, but people were paying money to be added to people's credit cards. So people, I want to buy a house. My credit is not so good. Then they will buy the credit trade lines, which I'm going to cover with you guys. So now they just got added. I'm not saying go do that or go sell it. That's a whole different subject. But I'm just telling you how this this thing has been used for. So they will be added to two, two three credit cards similar to this, 25,000, 50,000 credit limits. And then, so what happened is automatically their credit will jump and then they will qualify for a house. It's one of the fastest way to be able to build your credit. So I'm not saying do that, but I just say, you know, this, this thing has yeah, been going on for a long time right and it's been helping people build credit the fastest way. I'm not saying do that. The next one was a secure card, which I think is the best one. The one thing I'm going to tell you guys is don't go, don't write those jewelries and buy some jewelry because you want to build credit. You know how many people do that? It's so funny. They think that's how you're supposed to build credit. So you're not supposed to go spend $500 on a piece of jewelry to be able to build your credit because they're going to report it. I would say that 90% of Latinos do that. It's the funniest thing that I've heard. So instead of doing that, use a secure credit card. What is a secure credit card? I'm going to cover it with you guys. But so that's one way to be able to start it. So secure credit card. Most standard types of mortgages and auto loans are considered secure credit because the loan holder can take possession of your house or car if you don't pay as agreed. On the other hand, an unsecured loan or line of credit doesn't require any collateral. What does that mean? Secure means, let's say you go buy this Rolex. You buy the Rolex. It's a secure account. 
if you don't make your payments, I can come back as a creditor and take your Rolex away because it was secured by what? The Rolex. When you buy a car, is it secure or unsecure? It's secure there because they can come take it away so they can repo it. There you go. So you guys, see how easy that was to understand now? Yeah. That's secure. So whenever you're buying something, you won't know if it's secure or unsecure. Your house, it's secure. They could they could take your house away. Your car is secure. White check mark. A credit card that is secure, all it means is you're putting money out of your pocket. So I want to start building credit. You go to Capital One, the one of the easiest ones to work with. Capital One secure credit card. Secure credit card. You know what they do? They ask you, how much do you want to borrow? I want to borrow a thousand dollars. Then they ask you, okay, well give me a thousand dollars. So they take your thousand, then they give you a credit card for a thousand, but it's secure with whose money? Your money. You guys, you guys are yourself. It's okay. It's secure with your money. So the credit cards figured, well, if you're late or if you don't pay us, we have your thousand dollars and you can't borrow more than this. So that is the fastest way to build your credit and they won't deny you because at this point, if you don't pay, it's your money. So you could start it with $200, $300, 400, 500. The sooner you started, the better. Instead of going to Don Roberto's and paying 500 for a piece of jewelry, put that 500 into a secure credit card and you don't have to spend that money. The money's safe, so you leave that money for later. And start with secure credit. Over a period of time, you're able to cancel the account, to give you your money. By that time, you have had unsecured credit cards. So what is unsecured credit cards? No collateral. Unsecured are like the ones where you don't... Oh, I thought you were asking, Hector. I'm sorry. Oh, yes, I am asking. There. Yes, so they're like the credit cards that like we apply for. They give us a credit limit based on our credit history, right? Credit report. And then we have to pay it back. But if we don't pay it back, then we just become defaulted and then it affects our credit, but they don't take anything away from us. That's the key. That's the key word. Unsecure, there's nothing in exchange. They can't take anything from you. And that's most of your credit cards. So unsecure cards are the most common type of credit cards. They are not secured by collateral. So the key word is collateral. My watch in the scenario, that's collateral. Your car is collateral. Your house is collateral. So collateral is what we're looking for. That means that unlike secure loans, such as mortgages or auto loans, unsecured credit cards are not directly connected to property that a lender can seize of the car holder fails to um, pay. So all I mean, secure, there's something, there's collateral. Unsecure, there's no collateral. What is collateral? Whatever it is you're signing for, they can take from you. That is the only difference. Any questions on that? No, easy, good. Next. How do I build credit from scratch? Building your credit for the first time can feel a little like the chicken and the egg. To build a good credit score, you're going to need to take out a loan or get a credit card, but you can't qualify for a loan or get a credit card without some credit history, right? So what do you do? Let's start with a bank account. You don't really need a long credit history to open a checking account at your local bank. In fact, you may have one already. Even though a checking account won't necessarily help you build credit history with the bureaus, 
That account may help you get your first credit card or loan from the same provider. You see, if you already have a history of doing good business with the bank, they know you and value that business. That existing relationship can carry some weight when it comes time to get your first line of credit. That is a good first step, but if that's still not enough, here are a few other things to consider. Some banks offer credit cards for folks who want to establish, strengthen, or even rebuild their credit. It's called a secured credit card because you secure the amount you borrow with a security deposit. In other words, you provide collateral by depositing money in an account with the bank, something the lender gets to apply a portion of, or all, should you default on the loan. Your credit line is equal to the amount you deposit. You won't be able to touch that money or use it to pay off your balance, and you'll still have to prove to the bank that you have sufficient income to pay the credit card. The good news is that the bank will be more confident that you'll pay them back, even without great credit, allowing you to build or rebuild your credit. Since you'll be using your first card to build your credit, you want to make sure that, once active, your lender will report all those on-time payments to the bureaus before you apply. Most banks and credit unions do this, but some retail store cards, for example, don't. So make sure to check ahead of time, and if your payment history won't be reported by the card issuer, you may want to keep shopping for a card. Also, don't apply for a bunch of different cards if you keep striking out. All those hard inquiries and declines aren't going to help you build a score. Keep in mind, a secured card is different from a prepaid card. A prepaid card allows you to load the card with a cash amount ahead of time to spend later. Prepaid cards are great for people who need a Visa or MasterCard to make a purchase, and can be a terrific gift idea. But they won't help establish credit. Another way to build credit is to see if there's someone who might be willing to co-sign a loan with you. This can be any adult who is credit-worthy, including your parents or spouse. When someone co-signs a loan, you get the benefit of their good credit history, and this may help you get approved. You can then build your own credit with a good history of payment on the co-signed account. Now, whoever co-signs the loan for you is taking on a really big financial responsibility. They'll be on the hook for the debt if you run into trouble, so it's not something you should ask for lightly. When you do get credit extended to you, it's important to keep managing it carefully, even after you've built a history. You're doing the right thing by getting off on the right foot. Now make sure you keep those good habits the rest of your credit life. This will help you build a long, positive credit history that will eventually result in a really good credit score. Okay, so you guys got it? At that point, the one part, the prepaid card, did you guys see what happened? That is not unsecured. Sometimes people get that confused. Secondly, the unsecured card, they must report it to the credit bureaus. If they don't, it's like nothing's happening. So when you apply for an unsecured card, check. It, it will tell you who they report to. So that's very important for them. Next. How do... So let's go over some key words. Your credit score. Your credit score is like your grade point average from back in high school. It takes all the history from your credit report and it summarizes it into a number between 300 and 850. The higher the credit score, the lower the interest rate, which we're going to cover that for the cards. So it's very important for you guys to know what is the credit score. Uh, a good a good place for you to start, it's um, Credit Karma. It's free. I've been using it for a long time. Uh, they have an app. You can check it. It's free. With credit, score, credit score has different names to it. You're going to see Vantage score. You're going to see 
FICO score. You're going to see FICO score. You have 3.0, 2.0, 1.0. So it does, it's never going to be the same. When you apply for a mortgage and they run your credit, it's different than when you get it in, um, in credit card. Sometimes people I have 800 credit score in credit card. It may not be the same for, for a, a loan. But what it will tell you is if you have anything late, if something's not being reported or if something shows up, a lot of times people don't know, hey, something was reported late. You never checked your credit score. So you never figured out that it was late. So now it's 30 days late, 60 days late, a year late. You're like, what happened? Now your credit gets killed. So use it as a way for you to be able to check how's everything doing. When I first started this, guys, I think I would check it every two weeks because I just wanted to see where am I? Where am I? What's going on? Every two weeks. Now I probably check it once a month just to make sure I don't have something because I have a lot of credit cards. I have a lot of loans, so I want to make sure like, hey, I'm on top of everything and I have access to make sure everything is good because I can catch a mistake sooner than later. So that's a good way to do it. Next, Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, then you have Credit Karma. These are your three credit companies that report to it. Sometimes you're going to find out that one, one credit card will report to Experian, but it won't report to Equifax. Or two will report, you know, when I report. So when you run it, you're gonna figure out, wait, how come they don't know about it? Some credit card companies like the credit um, companies differently. So sometimes you're gonna feel like this guy has it, but they don't have my loan. So you'll be able to figure out there's some things. The overall is gonna be here, so it'll be able to help you. And I think now there's different companies that are doing it. So just don't go to a company where you have to pay for it. Um, you're also able to get it free. If you go to a, my credit, my free credit score, once a year you're able to put it as one as free. So something similar to this, but I think it's good to find out. Even right now, I don't even know if I have credit score. Run it, run it for the first time, have it, and then you know where you're starting. Hey, I'm here. So now you're paying attention to your credit as far as I go. Uh, credit history. Your credit history is a list of your credit accounts, credit limits, balances, payment history for your active and recent credit accounts, late payments during credit history for up to 70 years. And some other credit issues can stay in your credit report for up to a decade. That's why it takes so long to build credit. This is long-term, guys. That's why I said it's long-term commitment. Sometimes you pay off something that was late and it's showing up now. Like, wait, this was like three years ago and now it's showing up and it reduced my credit. Every time something pops up, it's like your credit history is starting over again. Even if it's bad, even if it's good, it's still showing again. So it's good to pay attention to something like this. But um, when you see your credit history, you can see Maybe five years ago, I was late on something. And you can see for yourself, hey, 30 days late, 60 days late. So you're able to tell for yourself as far as where you're at. The longer the credit history, the better the credit. That's why it takes time because now they're saying, hey, you've been good for seven years. You've been good for eight years. You've been making your payments. So that's why it's good to have that. If you have a credit card that is like five years old and you pay zero for it, so there's no annual fee on it, you don't want to cancel it. Just leave it leave it because if you cancel it it's going to affect your credit history because they take an average of how long you've had your credit cards then they will average it out between all of them so leave the old credit cards if there's no annual fee it's better for your credit history you want to have the longest credit history possible uh, cash advance allows you to take cash from your atm this is something i don't recommend if you start using your credit card and you start using your credit card for cash advance or you start paying interest rates or fees then you're doing it wrong. So just pay attention to that part because it's very easy to say, oh, my credit card gave me $1,000. Yeah, 
But when you start paying fees and you start paying interest rates and you start carrying a balance, it, it affects the whole benefit of having this. So I don't recommend this, figure out something else. Uh, your credit bureaus, we just talked about them. Your balance, credit card balance, the total amount you owe on your credit card. Uh, interest charges are based on your credit balance. You only get a charge interest on your credit on card balance if you don't pay it off in full each month. The mistake that people make, which is why people don't like credit cards, is you go shopping, right? And your credit card payment was, it's a month from now. You don't pay off the full balance, the total, it carries over. What that means is the following month, you start paying 19%, 23%, 24% interest on the, on your balance. Guys, it adds up and it's a lot. A lot of people, when I start for the, for, uh, the, the law firm, a lot of people will show me their credit card statements. And, they, and if you have a credit card statement, go look at it. If that if that credit card has a balance and you've carried it for a long time, meaning you didn't pay it off and you don't pay it off every month, you you're, you keep making your minimum payments. A lot of people are like, I keep making payments and it never goes down. Anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. Pay attention to it and I'm gonna tell you what to do. If you have multiple credit cards and, and you notice I've been paying them off and the balance never goes away, this is a bad cycle because on the credit card, there was a law that passed a few years back where the credit card companies had to disclose how much you were going to pay. So it literally it literally tells you what is your balance. And if you make your minimum payment, it tells you how many years it will take you to pay it off. So literally, I'm gonna see if I can find a, a credit card balance uh, from the website. Credit card statement balance example. See. Guys, if you look at your credit card, uh, if you look at your credit cards and if you have it and you haven't paid it off, pay attention to this card because it's going to tell you how many years it's going to take you to pay it with your minimum payment. So what you do to get out of this mess because it's a bad cycle is you start making paying off the smallest credit card so get let's say you have three four credit cards and they all have a balance go to the smallest one and then pay it off and don't use it you have to stop using it for 30 to 60 days for you to, to reset it so you don't have to pay interest again pay it off don't use it for 30 60 days then you won't have pay, be paying interest on it again then go to the next credit card second highest balance pay it off and be able to move forward if you don't do that I wish I could find one here. If you don't do that, then you will see on your credit card statements that it's going to take you 10, 15, 20 years to pay off $5,000. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how many people get stuck in this because they don't pay attention to this. Oh, here we go. Let's see if I can open this. I'll look for one right now. The next video, I'll look for one. I'll come back and I'll show you guys. Pay attention to that, that statement, to pay attention to your balance. Don't carry a balance, because this is what hurts people. This is where you lose the game. Your credit limit is the maximum you're allowed to borrow on a specific credit line, like a credit card. For example, you have a $1,000 limit, you're generally not able to put a balance of more than $1,000 on a card. So credit limit is the maximum, maximum. So 
the credit card I showed you guys, Diana uh, Giancarlo, $35,000. That's the maximum. You never want to borrow the maximum because if the credit card company sees you borrow everything, they're going to report it as if your, your, your credit limit and your balance are high. So now you're at risk. Let's say somebody asks you for money and you give them $1,000. Then they come back and they say, hey, can you, can you borrow $1,000 again? What are they doing? They're at the max. Would you let them borrow more money? No. No. You're going to say what? Reduce the limit, lower their score, because they, they owe too much. It's at high risk. Yeah. So you always want to borrow 25 or 30% of your credit limit. Any credit card, you want to borrow 25 to 30% of the limit total. This is why people's credit don't get built. This is the biggest mistake because every month when it gets reported, which you should find out when it gets reported, it's showing that your limit is a thousand and you're borrowing $850, which is 85% of it. So that brings down your credit. So when you have the, the app, like I was showing you with Credit Karma, it will tell you your credit utilization, it's too high and it's bringing down your credit and it will show you why your credit is going down. So pay attention to your limits and never borrow 25 or 30% of it because it, your credit will never grow. You could have it for 20 years, but if you're doing this wrong, you'll have bad credit for 20 years. And it's not that you're late, it's just you're, you're managing it wrong. You owe too much. Available credit. So available credit is what you have minus your current balance. So this example, you have a balance of $250. Your available credit is 750. Pretty simple. Your limit is a thousand. Your balance is 250. Available credit is 750. I think that's a simple way to explain it. Uh, utilization ratio, we just covered that. Uh, once again, your limit is, is $1,000. Your balance is 250. That means you're utilizing 25% of it. So you want to keep it 25 or 30% of this. You don't want to borrow more than 250 in this in this event because it's going to hurt you. So either one, pay it off and then use it again. A lot of times people wait for the month to pay off their credit card. I never do that. I pay off my credit cards maybe five times in a month because the money, the moment I use it, I go back and I pay you. So why is, why is that good for you? In, in your bank account, you have a balance, whatever your amount of money you have there. The sooner you take the money from your bank and you pay the credit card, the more conscious you are of how much money you're spending versus waiting till the end of the month and you're in trouble because you borrow too much. Oh, shoot, I didn't even notice how much I borrowed. That's what you want to pay four or five times a month. So that's one, that's one reason. The other reason is because if you keep paying it every month, you borrow from your credit card, you it for a week, okay, gotta send a payment. You take it from your bank account, you pay it off, you know how much you spend. And when it gets reported, it helps you. So when it reports, it's not, it doesn't show that you use too much. So borrow 250, 300, pay it off. Borrow 250, 300, pay it off. So if that happens once a month, no problem. If it happens five, six times a month, then you know you're in control of it and it's never gonna go above that. So you borrow, pay for it. Nobody say you have to pay one time a month. You could pay multiple times. Like even today, today I went on my card, my payments are on, on the 20th. I already made payments today. So I'm gonna pay again in a week and I'm gonna pay again in a week. By the 20th, I'm paid off, my month starts over again. And that's how I've been doing it for 10 years. Balance transfer. This is something that if you're in trouble, it's better than being late. Um, balance transfer allows you to move your balance from one credit card to another. This can help if you're moving into a car with lower interest rate, but there may be fees for moving your balance. If you're in a position where, man, I don't know if I can pay this off, 
you're better off applying for a, a, a credit card with 0% balance transfer or 0% interest rate before you're late. Or if you're really late, but you have, it's still showing that you're good credit, or you're not late, but you're, you have a balance and you, you're paying interest on it, and it's rolling every month, and you're just paying interest and interest and interest, and you pay attention to that interest that you're paying. You may be able to get a, 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 a credit card with 0% balance offer, and then transfer that money to that credit card. It, it will most likely be cheaper than paying the high interest rate on the credit card when you first got in trouble with it. So if this is something that you use before you get in trouble, you transfer it, and then you may not have payments for a year, and you may have a lower interest rate for a year, so you have to do the math, which I'm gonna show you guys how we do the math with this, um, but that way you guys have an idea of how do you control it before you get out of hand. But the best way to not get in trouble, what I just did, every every week pay off your credit card, every week pay it off, pay it. So that way you know, like, hey, I use too much. Okay, let me, let me slow down a little bit. You control your credit card more that way, then waiting the entire month, not seeing it, and then you're like, oh shoot, I'm in trouble. That's how people get in trouble. Your grace period. When it comes to credit cards, the grace period is the number of days between the end of your credit card's billing cycle and the time your payment is due. So by law, you have minimum 21 days, but some credit cards companies may give you more time. For example, if your statement date is October 15th, then your payment due date cannot be before November 5th. They give you the opportunity to know exactly how much you own and have time to pay it off before insurance apply. Grace period just means your payment is on the first, you have 10 days. We all have that because we all have some sort of payment. So we understand that you have a, a 10 day grace period. For credit cards, it's usually 30 days late that is reported to your credit. So you have 30 days after your payment was due, then it gets reported to your payment. So that's something to keep in mind. Minimum premium, you never want to pay minimum premium. Minimum premium is the, the minimum payment and the smallest payment you can take make on a credit card each month without facing penalties or having a payment reported as late or based on your credit report if you pay the minimum however you will pay more in interest over time this is the problem with minimum payment the moment you make minimum payments it doesn't show as late which if it's an emergency it's better than being late minimum payment is better than being late so worst case scenario oh my god i don't know what i'm gonna do i got myself in trouble minimum payment is better than being late but you will pay a lot of interest because it'll start building so if you have to pay one month, okay, I'm in trouble, I don't know what I'm doing. Make the minimum payment throughout the month, keep paying the credit card until you're back to zero. Don't use that card for 60 days and then it resets, it resets. Most people pay interest because they had it, they carried it, they paid it and they think, oh, it's okay, I paid it. So now uh, I don't, I'm not gonna pay interest. Well, no, uh, you have to stop using the credit card for 30 to 60 days so it resets and now you can start, you can start using it again and you're not paying interest. So pay attention to this because the interest that you're paying, this is what kills people. This is when you lose. Your principal is a portion of your credit card balance that comes from making regular purchases. Principal is basically what you borrow. That is the total amount. Uh, so the principal is a portion of what you owe before interest is added. So that's the total that you borrow. Uh, terms and conditions, late payment. You guys do not want to have late payments. This is what happens 30 days. As soon as you have a 30-day late payment, it goes on your credit, then 60 days, and then 90 days, then 120 days, and then that's when the whole credit drama comes in, and you don't want to be there. Revolving credit. This is the this is the biggest term that you will, you will, guys write this down. Revolving credit is a term for credit cards and similar credit accounts that allow you to add to the balance, pay it off, and add it to uh, add it to it again multiple times. This is different than a loan for a set amount of money that you pay down over time. It's regular installment into. Guys, revolving credit, it just means that whatever you borrow this month, 
You don't pay it off next month. Rebobbing means you carry it to the next month. And when you have rebobbing credit because you didn't pay it off, you're paying interest on this. This is bad. This is bad. If you buy something that, that costs you $100, think of it as it's gonna cost you $115. You just tax yourself because you have rebobbing credit and it just kept growing. So you don't wanna have, you don't wanna have rebobbing credit that you just, a balance that you're carrying over. Do not carry a balance. So very important um, to understand this part. Do not carry a balance uh, is a big deal. Secure credit card, unsecure, we just covered your statement, you guys know. Your billing cycle, uh, every month, there's a certain date when it gets reported to the credit bureaus. No, so it's important for you to know when that billing cycle ends. Authorized user, we cover transaction. Uh, you guys know what that is. Annual fee. So this is important. Some credit cards do have an annual fee. It may not be a bad thing. Some, a lot of my credit cards have annual fees. But if I use the, the, the perks they give me, for example, one of my credit cards, it's $600 annual fee. But every year they give me $200 for, um, they give me uh, hotel nights. I go to, I go anywhere and I could get a whole week free of hotel nights because my credit card gave it to me for free. Um, if I go on an airline, I don't pay for luggage. You know how people pay for luggage? I don't pay for luggage because my credit card gives it to me for free. So I can go and everybody with me can get luggage and we're not paying for any luggage. So it adds up. If I go to an airline, some of them will give me free access to their lounge. So it's included. So annual fee is not a bad thing. Um, only when you're not getting nothing else in return, then it could be like, well, I'm paying annual fee, but I'm not getting anything in return. But some of them are good because they give you stuff in return. So it's supposed to subtract from it if you use whatever they give you. Finance charge, this is when it comes to credit cards. This is the interest rate. This is where you don't wanna be. The moment you see an interest rate charge, that means you're paying extra for whatever you're buying. Transaction fee, uh, you guys know what this is, balance transfer fee, cash advance, don't do that. Foreign transaction, some of you guys, if you travel, some credit cards will charge you a transaction fee. So if I go to Mexico, I pay for one of my credit cards and I'm paying on something in pesos. Well, the bank sees it as, well, we have to transfer that, it's a transaction fee. So they charge you two, 3%. So whatever you're buying is costing you two, 3%. Well, some of my credit cards are travel credit cards, so I don't have to pay any transaction fees. So when I go to Russia, I go anywhere, I use my travel credit cards because I know I have zero transaction fees. So something to keep in mind. Uh, the time limit, annual percentage rate, this is the biggest one. You guys have all seen it in annual percentage rate. This is the interest rate charged by a loan, including credit cards. Your APR may vary depending on the car you choose and your credit history. With excellent credit, you may find APR below 5%, before credit interest rates often reach 30%. If you pay off your balance in full by the due date, you don't have to pay any interest rate. So when you apply for a credit card, it may say 35% uh, APR, 20%. I don't look at that. I'm gonna tell you why. If my, my, my travel cards all have 20% or higher, I don't look at that because as long as I don't leave my balance, whatever I buy this month, I pay it off for, within 30 days. As long as I pay within 30 days, whatever I'm buying, I don't pay any of that fee. It's only when it carries over, and now I'm paying on, on, on the interest rate, so that's what it affects you. So a lot of the travel credit cards that I have, they have high rates because they already know. This is somebody that's traveling. If you're traveling, you're, you're either making more money than the average person, or you're more interested in having better credit. That's travel, travel credit cards, you usually have better credit. 
So that's what they're looking at. That's somebody that's kind of paying attention to it. But if you don't, if you have a credit card and they don't offer you anything good as far as perks, then you want to have the, the one with 0% interest rate, 0% APR, which some of them may have 0% APR for 12 months. And then you kind of pay attention to that part. So very important variable. Okay, this is the first part. I have somebody that I'm gonna bring up to you guys, and then I'm gonna go into some, some cars, how to buy a car. So that's the next part. Any questions on this part so far? Any questions on this car so far? I have a question. Hi, Annabelle. Oh, hi. So you said to um, pay to buy the, to purchase and then pay it within those 30 days of when you purchase um, something on the card. Sorry. But then will that record the credit or do you have to wait until the credit it reports to the credit bureau that you use that amount or will it still regardless report that you used it during that month? It's a, that's a good question. Um, so every the credit cards, they get reported every 30 days. So you're not doing it because it's in a report that you paid it. You're doing it because you're trying to make sure it doesn't show uh, that you use too much. That's what you're doing it. So if you're doing it, use the credit card, then you pay it. You're gonna use it again, you're gonna pay it again. So when it reports, isn't a report at some point because you, unless you track the actual date, which you can, when is gonna, you, you could actually get scientific with this and know when it's gonna get reported, then track it and that day, make sure it shows a hundred bucks or whatever. But for the most part, when you use this, isn't a report because you're paying it every week, you're paying attention to it every week. So it's in a show, it's in a report. Believe me, you won't have to worry about that if you do what I'm telling you, because it's just gonna follow one of those days. And all the credit cards really are looking for is your credit history. How long have you had it for? So they don't know when. It's still showing.